you have a cocktail? I do, margarita. Does it have a salt rim? Mm -hmm. Wow, keeping it classy. Chili salt rim. Yeah, we just got back <laughs> oh. and we've been on a, he's been making spicy margaritas every day. It's been great. Yeah. God, I'm so jealous. All right, welcome to Bothering the Band. Today is a very special day. Um, we have drug couple in the house, Miles and Becca. Give it up. Thank you guys so much for being here. Um, how's it going? How's your margarita Sunday? Uh, it's good. Thanks for having us, Ryan. Um, yeah. Everything's good. Like we said, we just got back from LA. Mm -hmm. How was that? It was, it was good. It's a long postponed trip. I am fully vaccinated. She is not. So. I got my first shot on two days ago. How do you it's feel? more stressful for her than for me tra traveling on a plane. I don't doubt it. Becca, how do you feel? Do you, are you feeling any side effects? Um, my arm was very, very, very sore yesterday. Um, but besides that, it's been fine. But it was like, it was, it was kind of intense. I couldn't really lift it <laughs> at all. But nothing like, uh, no like exhaustion or anything like that? No. Yeah, you felt Pretty a little okay. weird the first day. Felt a little weird, but we had also been traveling all day the day before. And yeah. the time changed, so I couldn't really place whether it was. Well, hopefully, you don't get COVID on my mom. Like eight days after she got her shot, like a giant tennis ball-sized lump on the side of her arm, which is apparently a super rare condition called COVID arm. Like in point zero eight percent of the test group, um, which I don't know. Is she okay? Yeah, no, she's fine. She's fine. Oh my she's god, fine. I didn't mean to laugh right there. I just never heard of that. Well, to be fair, it was delivered in a somewhat laugh-ready style. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I think you were receiving all the emotional cues that it, it was okay to laugh. Okay, fair enough. So as New Yorkers, I have to ask, um, how do you, how is LA, like in your heart of hearts? Well, I was actually born in LA. Really? I thought it was Oregon. No? I was born in LA and we moved up to Oregon when I was eight. Okay. And then I was there until I came to New York when I was 17. So in my early life, I had a pretty even split from being born down there to moving up you to You have York. such a New York vibe. I've lived here for the majority of my life. I've lived here for, it was my 21st year. Oh, wow. And like I said, so it was eight, nine, and then 21. So... Yeah, and I, I was born in Vermont and grew up in Vermont. So whenever we go to California, it's just kind of like, I just feel like I don't understand. I don't understand that it's like that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Were you driving there? I always find driving. No, we, we flew. No, like when you were oh, there, wow. we were driving around. Oh, yeah. Oh, we, we did some driving. I, lo I love driving in LA. No, oh, terrifying. People drive super fast on the freeway, packed super tightly together, but yeah. yeah. My dad okay. stayed in LA until I was like 30, so. Wow, I, I, I have a love-hate I have a love -hate with LA, so that's why I was asking. It's a nice place to visit. Um, okay, this I gotta get this out of the way. What's it like making music and playing music with your significant other? And it's, it's super cool. Do you guys ever fight about like riffs or or chord progression? No. We don't we don't really tend to fight about you know, Music sometimes stuff. there might be a thing that I'm feeling attached to mm -hmm. and that he disagrees, but 
We usually work it out. We rarely have disagreements on direction or idea or value of things. Sometimes we'll have to like talk something out. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, we've been working for a long time, tired, I can get a little snippy in the studio and I'm not always, I don't always, you know, keep the pure professional level that I might in other settings, if say the bass part isn't working and I feel like something's wrong, I might get a little huffy because I'm in a band with my partner and sometimes that happens. Sometimes you're just a little snippy. Yeah. It's, it's the people we love the most that get the worst of us. Yeah, but in general, I mean, <clears throat> when it comes to collaborating musically, we that comes really naturally to us. That's how we first <laughs> each other was working on music together. And so it still tends to be something that when we get in the zone, feels very magical and easy. And we're really grateful for it. Yeah, it's super cool. Are you guys <laughs> down everything yourselves? Like guitar, drums, bass, everything? Um, we have a drummer. We have a drummer, yeah. Greg. And we had a couple people come play on the record that we've been working on right now. Yeah, we're working on a new record. We started, so on March 13th of last year. Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, we had driven up to Vermont for what was supposed to be like a long wedding planning weekend. Mm -hmm. And while we were there, like, you know, things had been building up in New York and then what, like two days into our stay, everything got shut down. And we were just like, well, let's go grab all the recording stuff from Brooklyn and take it up to Vermont. And we bought a tape machine. My partner at work convinced me to buy a tape machine and we had a fit of inspiration when we did just recorded a new record up in Vermont during the pandemic. Yeah. And, and, and it's so like we, Greg came up and played drums for a couple weeks, did some kayaking. And then um, when we came back down here in September, we had uh, our buddy Travis come put like pedal steel on it. Buddy Danny played a little bit of piano. And saxophone. Oh, and saxophone. I mean, how could you forget the sax? Well, I, we haven't, I haven't mixed that. I have no work on that. But yeah. A lot of, you know, everything else in our other records were a little different too. It was just us <coughs> and then Greg playing drums. You know, yeah. Miles does all the production and any sort of additional instrumentation on our last EPs was us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, do a lot of overdubs. But yeah, we, we record and mix and do it, do everything ourselves. That's rad, man. Okay, so if you were a carpenter, what would you build? Let's start with Becca on this one. Oh man. Well, let me just preface this by saying Miles sort of actually is a carpenter. Like he's actually like a really talented woodworker as well. So he builds a lot of stuff for us. Okay. This is less hypothetical. Yes. Um, oh, it's an autobiographical song. I boy. <laughs> it's an autobiographical cover. It's um, yeah. It seemed applicable. It was an applicable song. I would probably build a table. I would probably build a nice dining room table because it seems pretty straightforward. I feel like I could handle it. And you just could get a nice, nice piece of wood, put some white bond poly and some stain on there. I get it. 
go to the table. Is there a table in front of you right now? There is. Yeah. There is. Nice little coffee table. Miles, what, what are we building? What are you working on? Let's go, let's go a different route. Well, I, would, I would build a, a home. Ooh. A whole a whole home from the ground up. You know, I'm taking the hypothetical like this is mm-hmm. I have all the time and resources I need, then that's what I would like to build. That seems fascinating and satisfying to just do a whole singular vision home. And then she can add the the table and bring it all well, together. Unfortunately, there are, all the tables will already be incorporated into the design. They're already built in. There probably won't be any room for your table. Oh, built-in tables. Yeah, <laughs> we, can, we can keep it in the garage. Yeah, or something. yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe I can have a second home for my table. Oh, uh, I'm not building it. <laughs> What's the last drug you took? Pop. Weed. Very excited that we do weed, man. We, both of us. <laughs> We do it. Well, we were, you know, we were just in California and for a while now we've been going to California. There's like that novelty of being able to go buy legal weed. And while we were there this time, we got legalized in New York while we were in California. So do you know what's going on with that? Like, is it next year? Like what? It's legal now. Overnight it became legal to possess up to three ounces of in New York state. That's fascinating. Of course, I'm not there when it's legal. So Where are you? I'm in Florida, and mm-hmm. Abby, the producer, is in Wyoming. Um, I lived in New York. Geographical triangle here. Yeah, we got a, ourselves a little thing. It's um, <laughs> geographical triangle. I can't even say that. <laughs> uh, which Disney, this is my favorite question, which Disney villain would you want to be? Disney villain. I don't feel like we'll have that much Disney. Oh, uh, no, I've got it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Right. Probably Scar. Oh. He's a real bad. I thought Scar was a bad dude. I I saw Murders his brother opening week in the theater in Pasadena. And I was super hyped for it. And, you know, the score is amazing. Original Lion King, you know, and I was clearly Team Simba or whatever. A lot of joy, a lot of good songs, but I felt Scar's pain. Like I, you get, I feel like Scar's motivations and stances in The Lion King are super justifiable. Like <laughs> Scar, I'm like, yeah, fuck you, Simba, boy king. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it's so easy, so <laughs> fucking easy. So I, I guess if I was scarred in my life, I would have just murked him even earlier. Just get the get the problem out of the way. Huh. Cool. Simba. I like the warthog though. I like I like mm-hmm. the sidekicks. Pumbaa or Simone. I only yeah. know them as a duo. I don't. They're know very which stupid, one is but they have. I don't think so. Yeah. Don't they lead a Matata too? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so they were like serious star power there. Yeah. yeah so Sim- Simba's really kind of a tag along. I'm going to reverse my earlier stance that I was possibly a team Simba and just, I'm not, I'm firmly anti Simba. Yeah, I Simba's wish that he'd been killed. Yeah, kind of a little bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Nala, she's cool. Nala's hella cool. She's tough. Yeah. Nala's fucking solid. Yeah. 
Okay, this is giving me a lot of time to think about my answer. <laughs> I could tell. I could tell you're like, what what am I gonna choose? I can talk till I, I feel like uh probably Ursula. Oh, okay. Again, I think maybe she's a little misunderstood, you know? Like she's just down there doing her thing. First of all, she gets to live underwater, which sounds great. I'm into it. She also is like pretty, if I remember correctly, she's pretty straightforward about what she's offering. She's like, I'll give you legs. You have to give me your voice. And Ariel's like, okay, sure. So like, you know, she's, she's, she puts it all on the table. I feel like it's like limited upside though, to be her. Cause it's like, like yeah. Like you're a, a sea witch. Yeah. Why does she want the voice? Did they ever explain that? Like, it's an asset. It's, it's you yeah. know, it's just a uh, collateral. In, yeah. yeah. Who knows? Like, I don't know what the, the market is for mermaid voices, but I'm sure that it's like not insignificant, you know? Yeah. I'm getting a I'm getting a call in my uh, earpiece. It's a high it's a high market. It's a very high market. <laughs> yeah. Made voices. <laughs> uh, then, you know the pandemic's been great for it. People have a lot of disposable income. Just a lot of stimmy checks sitting there. Just really inflated the mermaid voice market. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So who who does uh, how do the chores get done in your home? <laughs> It was funny. About I, asking that. I was like, is he going to ask about that? And I was like, no, he's going to ask about chores. <laughs> <laughs> now that we got the music and the Disney villains out of the way, who cleans the bathroom? Now the, the domestic things. <laughs> well, our domestic roles have been in flux throughout the course of true. our relationship. And I would imagine will largely remain so depending on what everyone's schedule looks like. Yeah, but like, you know, not to be too like we have equal divisions of labor but like we really tend to you know it's not like either one of us is doing that much more how do i put this we sort of divide and conquer so let me give you a more, let me give you a more ideas. straightforward and honest explanation when i met becca she was an absolute <laughs> slob just pig it's, slob it's true horrifying filth okay that he might be a little bit but i was very messy when we met and he was like listen you don't have to live like this there's a better way join me in the land of the clean and the noble and there's there's a pivotal moment early on with me with either roommates or romantic partners where if you're an unclean person i can i can roll with that as long as your reaction to being confronted with that is like yes I am wrong. I'm not living the right way. Yeah, if, I, mean, listen, I, knew it, I knew that I could yeah. be better. If you're going to be like, it's a sign of genius, <laughs> they say, to be super dirty. I'm like, no, don't come at me with that energy. I'm not. That's... So he used to do a lot more of the cleaning. Yeah. But then over time, now oh. I have come to also really appreciate being clean. And now I'm very clean. And you're I do a clean. lot of cleaning. Yes. I also do most of the cooking but now it's grill season so when grill season comes in you step up in the in the cooking arena but i love to cook so i cook a lot um and then like with laundry you do the laundry i fold the laundry that's so, a know, good compromise because i hate folding i hate I the folding. Love folding love folding she's laundry. also an excellent folder and part of it is that i cannot 
full to her satisfaction. Yeah, I can't oh, watch her fold a t-shirt. It, it hurts my soul to watch him fold a t-shirt. And I don't think that she knows how to apply proper care and temperature when doing the laundry. So that's important. So basically, well. our equitable division of labor is based on our lack mutual of disdain. faith in each other. <laughs> it's a good. Uh, it's a good give and take. Yeah. I, too, I I only wear t-shirts. Can't fold t-shirts. Oh, I'm 38 years old. You could certainly say that some of us are giving, some of us are taking. That would be <laughs> a good accurate with. I folding t-shirts, it bringing that order because again, I used to be very messy, but I'm a little bit of a person where I think I was I was messy because there's a part of me that's like, well, if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. You're messy because your family is. My messy. family's very messy. So then once I became clean, I definitely had this, like, there's a switch now where now I'm like, I'm pretty anal about things being a certain way. Um, and the folding of the t-shirts, it just brings a sense of order and calm and you just get them all just in perfect little squares and they're all warm. In a, in a world beset by madness, you know, who doesn't yeah. want a nicely folded t-shirt? Have you... Becca, have you ever worked retail, like a, like a yes. t-shirt place? You know that plastic thing that they use? Oh, I didn't use one of those. Board. Yeah, folding board. I thought no, it was- I did, work, I did work retail and, you know, had to go around edging things on, that's what it's called on hangers where you have to get it perfectly and straightening. So, yeah. Let's go back to you being messy. Were you messy, like just like throwing clothes, or was it like food and hair and shit? He's gonna lie. To All you. three of those things. No. Hair. No. Yes. Hair. First of all, the studio I believe, apartment. I believe I was asked the question. No. Yeah. <laughs> that was directed at no, me. No, I think I think that we should have some truth. Yeah. Okay, I was very messy with specifically with clothes. Clothes everywhere, definitely. What about the food? There was not food. Yeah. So in the living area, bed area, it was the clothes. In the kitchen, it was the food. Maybe some dirty and in the bathroom, it was the hair. It was the hair. So a little bit of everything. So Listen, I'll say this. I lived with, you know, I was like definitely a messy roommate when I had roommates. Like I lived with three, you know, friends in a house in college and I tried to be better and they were all very clean. And I had like a roommate who would like stand behind me while I washed dishes and then like smell spoons when they were done to make sure they were clean. So I was, you know. That's fucking I, weird. I, yes. Yeah, <laughs> it was weird. Um, but so I would say I was definitely, I was a slob and now I'm not. I'm a reformed slob. I'm very clean now. I promise everybody. Well, your apartment looks great. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> did you clean before this? You're like, did you set it up or you're like, fuck it? No, this this well the very thin area that you can see doesn't really have much to clean. Well, I like the macrame. That's cool. High ceilings, way to go. That's the most adult yeah. thing I've ever said. Yeah, the, the ceilings were the were the closer. All right. So I have to ask this pertaining to one of the lyrics in your song. Which first lady do you think gives the best hand jobs? Oh. I don't know. You know, that was kind of just a throwaway line based on something that my dad used to take great pleasure in telling me. He would always be like, you know, they used to say about Nancy Reagan, she gave the best head in Hollywood. 
told me that like, you know, it's some like Hollywood factoid from my dad's deep into like nonfiction and like. As most dads are. Left of sinner nonfiction, you know, about things just below the surface. And this is something that he apparently encountered a lot and took and takes great delight in telling me, although now 30 plus years into hearing this, I'm often like, yeah, I, I know she gave the best head in Hollywood. I'll also, <laughs> yeah, I'll say, I don't think we're in the business of ranking. Um, yeah. You know, one go, you knows know. what goes on in a marriage, you know? Yeah. There's only, there's only two to 12 people in that bedroom. And, <laughs> but I, you know, I feel like that people are entitled to their privacy. So I'm not going to speculate too much on the sex lives of public figures. Fair enough. I think that was a very uh, noble answer. So thank you. I appreciate that. Have you ever seen a ghost? Well, I, I don't know about seeing a ghost. Hearing, feeling? I was taught very much by the same father I was just mentioning that ghosts are very much real, very much believes that ghosts are real. And I don't know where my beliefs currently fall on the spectrum of ghosts are real to ghosts are not real. But when you have like parenting that like very much like ghosts are real, my dad was also like friends with a bunch of like TV ghost hunters in the nineties when that was a booming industry. And I like very much felt that ghosts were real, that we lived in a haunted house in the hills briefly for one summer in LA where everyone had these bizarre paranormal experiences. It was spooky as hell. And then when we started hanging out in Vermont, mm -hmm. I couldn't tell whether or not there were ghosts. And I was like, it's so weird. I feel like maybe there's ghosts out here, but it's just the woods. Why would there be ghosts? Then I find out that all of the woods in Vermont where her family lives, it, it used to be 70% farmland, 30% woods. And now it's like, 70% woods, 30%. So all the woods are just old, abandoned farms and cellars and just dead people who probably have very terrible lives. Yeah, the, I feel like those woods are rich with spirits. Yes. I'm not sure I've ever had a, uh, well, whatever. I did some, you know, some mild Ouija boarding as a, as a youngster who hasn't, um, had some spooky experiences, but I would not say that I've ever seen a ghost. And in terms of my, are ghosts real? Are ghosts not real? You know, where do I fall on that? I think I'm agnostic. Also for the record, that lyric was inspired by something that- Oh yeah. Her little nephew said. Yeah, that actually the whole- Can you, can you elaborate? On that song. Toby was, their since deceased very old yeah, dog. Yeah, Chocolate Lab. Chocolate Lab, very And cool he dog. was like, there's just this cute video that we got sent of my, like when my nephew was like four, running around the house going, Toby, 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 why she meet the ghost? And we were like, this is- Profound. So profound and brilliant. We should steal it. into a song lyric. So we did, yeah. so we stole that from should a horse. steal his intellectual property. Yeah. And we did. <laughs> Take it. Sorry, Sebastian, it's a jungle out here. Love you, little dude. Okay, we'll we'll interview Sebastian one day. We also have to interview your dad, Miles, because he sounds very fascinating. Very entertaining. He's, he's... Wow, I bet. Jeez. 
Um, when's the last time you went to McDonald's? Very recently. I can tell you the exact date. It was March 25th at around 10 a.m. on our way to the airport. To the airport. Yeah. What did you order? Two egg McMuffins, three, three hash browns. No, well, you had two egg McMuffins. I had one egg McMuffins. So three egg McMuffins oh, three total, egg. three hash browns, two OJs, two coffees. I got two egg McMuffins? Yeah. I have to say, you guys should uh, have a reality show. You're very entertaining. <laughs> in, a, in a wholesome, like, like, Osborne, remember the Osborne's like that kind of way. It's like wholesome and they get in a pickle. I also was once on a plane with this guy who seemed super douchey, had like long dyed hair, this weird Cobain look. It's like super short, but he was just like putting on all these rock star airs the whole time. I was like, what is the deal with this guy? Anyways, I land at LAX. He gets out and there's like a camera crew there. And he's with, he's, it was the dude who was the lead singer of that band, The Used. And he was oh, yeah, yeah. Osborne. And they were like filming him arriving in LA and like with all this gear and stuff. And like Kelly Osborne was there and they did like the airport greeting scene. I was like, I wonder, are you in the background? Did you ever look? I, I, I've never looked. I didn't really watch the show. I think like the first season I was on, I probably watched a little bit. But then I went to art school and stopped watching TV for like four years. You're also pretty like, again, listen, if there's anybody out there who wants to, you know, make a pitch to us, if the price is right, I, yeah. we, we, you know, I'm not saying no, but you are in general, not a huge fan of reality TV. I, it's trash. Do you think you could live with cameras like following you? I do. No. Yeah. I abhor, I don't enjoy watching reality television, but I would feel very comfortable with that. I wouldn't, well, here's the thing. Could I live with cameras actually following me all the time? No, absolutely not. That'd be terrible. But since reality TV is actually not that, and yeah. it's very much filmed in yeah, specific yeah. times and you have a lot of control over it, sure, maybe. It's an easy gig. But if it was like a big brother situation and there were just cameras in our house, yeah. rolling at all times yeah no, i don't want that nobody wants that i feel like if that happened to me it'd just be a lot of booger picking like so much booger picking yeah have to you know <laughs> be like yeah i would prefer i wouldn't notice like cameras that are up all the time that's eerie i mean besides what we already have up that are up all the time yeah and then projecting you know live stream images on other uh Press the apartment so I can always see him. You know, if he's in the kitchen, <laughs> got the stream going in the bedroom, always got my eye on him. <laughs> when did you guys get hitched? Uh, August 8th, 2020. Well, congratulations, late congratulations. This is a dumb question. Uh, if you had to get married in a fast food establishment, which one would you choose? <sighs> wow, wow. I'm gonna let you take this one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. I'm you know, much it's hard because a wedding can be an expression of a relationship, in which case Shake Shack would probably be the default because it's been such a big part of our lives together. 
but had it yesterday we're gonna have our second wedding this summer we had a very small mm -hmm. one we're doing a big one this summer on the east coast and the idea of doing in and out seems appealing to me because it puts us on the west coast which is a lot easier for some of my friends and family to get to and it just seems nice maybe an outdoor thing at an in and out mm -hmm. with the outdoor seating is you should have it catered by in and out yeah but I would honestly need probably a few more weeks to think about an answer to that question because I think it's like important and also meaningful to me uh -huh. personally. Yeah. Yeah, like Miles said, we um we got married last summer. We postponed the big wedding because of COVID mm -hmm. and we had like a very small, like just our very closest friends and family. And then this year, July 4th weekend, we're going, we're going big, big party. That's not an open invite. Yeah. <laughs> no. People. Her mom sends any a lot of communication to people that specifically mentions the wedding date and hope you'll be around. And I'm like, that sends a very confusing signal. It's an invite to the wedding. I'm gonna just send you uh in and out, and it's just gonna be really gross in like a manila manila envelope. Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> I have a registry if you want to get us something. Oh, um, that's on there. What is actually, you know what? I'll get you something. Send me your reg uh, email me the uh, registry. I'm not. What is the Florida burger chain where you can put whatever you want on the burger? Hold on. Is it Whataburger? No, that's not what it's not. It's I don't, I don't know. Oh, God. I where love you can put it. Whatever you want on it. Yeah. Whatever. They've just got tons of options. They have one at JFK. At JFK? Uh-huh. It's expanded up to New York. I'm just going to, everything you say, say it right back to Burger Fi or something like that? Anything on it? I don't know. Call in if you know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Can't, can't figure it out. <laughs> we are definitely, I feel like the burger, so we had Impossible Burgers last night. We're big burger fans and we had impossible burgers and we're gonna, you know, I think try and cut back on the that's good. You know, we were just in LA, everybody's vegan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we're very much not. We're very much omnivores. <laughs> but <laughs> um, this just in, we have no idea what that is that you're talking about. And I'm not coming up with anything, so I'm just going to abandon it, but let's abandon it. What's um, your, let's, what's your, I can always, go ahead. Oh, no, nothing. I'm thinking, you know, I, we can always, I can email you the answer or something. Fair enough. Um, I'm good at changing the subject. The what's your favorite sound? Well, we've, we've just been sitting here listening to the rain all day, <laughs> not to be painfully corny but the, the rain sounded really nice yeah no i don't know i would also just say generally, yeah very hard to rank sounds but just you know in a in a general blanket term nature sounds we've so what we mentioned a couple times but you know we we lived up in vermont for the better part of this year during the pandemic at my parents house we were there for like seven Three months out of the year. Tour. yeah and um there are just so many beautiful nature sounds and we would just periodically be out walking around and like 
take out the phone and do a sound of snow comes to mind. Sound of snow, the sound of icy snow, the peepers. I love peepers. Peepers. So rustling of the leaves and the trees. What is a peeper? Is it a bird? A frog. Oh, okay. Frog. Believe it or not, Mm -hmm. it's a frog. Um, And they come out right around the beginning. No, end of spring. I'd say beginning of summer. The peepers aren't there right away. They're wild. Oh yeah, actually he might have a recording on his phone of what peepers sound like because like I said, we'd be out and be like, okay, we should grab this and maybe we'll put it in a song or maybe we'll just keep it for ourselves. We got peepers? Oh, this is what peepers sound like. Okay. Yeah, you should definitely put that into a track. That's how an hour should start. We're gonna go up to Vermont also, for a month coming up and starting a new record. So we're gonna try and get some more Vermont sounds on the record. The wounds are also a favorite of mine. So nature sounds. Nature sounds. <laughs> um, Miles, you're supposed to say the sound of my wife's voice, by the way. That is a funny thing. <laughs> we met uh, Becca, the band that she was in at the time, hired me to record and a record for them. And there's this whole, you know, grand falling in love while recording her and listening to her voice and her lyrics and being like, oh my gosh, you're such a cool songwriter. And just in our relationship, I hate people singing joyously for just like enjoyment in their casual lives. Like I, I, I work in music, I listen to a lot of singing. I work on people's voices a lot. The sound of casual singing just drives me insane. Like so you don't like it out of context. I don't, I don't <laughs> like singing out of context. Uh, I 100% agree with you. I'm just like, please stop. But I love to sing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, it brings me joy. I love singing in the shower, like singing to myself. And I'll be like, I can still hear you in there. <laughs> <laughs> I try to keep it to a minimum <laughs> unless we're rehearsing or playing or recording or whatever. It's a thing that both makes me feel like a terrible person, both when I think about it in the abstract and when we relay this to other people, but I, it's never going to change. Yeah, I, I don't, because it's also, like you said, it's like you fell in, you were like, oh, I, I fell in love with your voice your and voice. hearing you say this whole thing. Now she's like, nope, shut it down. <laughs> Uh, speaking of singing, I have to ask, and then I'll explain. It's an inside thing with us. Um, why you guys decided to cover the Shania Twain song? I love it. Great song. Um, I don't think that there was a why. I think I think I, I suggested it just because. We started out, so we made the record with her band and then... Mm-hmm. I, I was doing a solo record that I never ended up putting out and and that like band were, broke up because it was really dysfunctional and a lot of animosity yeah so then we started like <laughs> writing songs together and doing covers together and so a bunch of what we did at first was just covers which is cool and also made it feel like we had a sound when you get into a zone where all of your covers start to sound the same I feel like that's a positive attribute for mm-hmm. Yeah. for a songwriting duo. Yeah, so. and it just felt, you know, once we tried it out, it just felt cool and it felt like, we ran you know, it's always a good couple thing. Grinder and, exactly. it, and it came out cool, so we just kind of kept yeah. it. Yeah, it's always a good thing when you play a cover and yeah. and it sounds like you yeah. 
Um, yeah, we do a ton of covers and like certain ones just come out, come out as better things than others. Well, that, that one was surprising great. and appreciate, uh, appreciated um, because that's a song, singing out of context, um, I don't like either, but I do it a lot. And a lot of people. Uh, Abby can attest, uh, I'll sing that song quite a bit. And it's one of those songs that if you start, the other person will start finishing it. So it's a great song. I'll also say that I felt looks like you made it. So good. <laughs> I felt really good about our cover for a long time. I was like, oh man, this it, is it's cool, it's great, it sounds like us, it's not, it's just like a great cover. I love it. And then I remember like returning back, you know, after listening to our version a lot and going back to the original and listening to it and be like, oh shit, that's so good. It's so like the original is it's so good and it's, it's so, amazing. It's a great song. It's like oh. I have you played that song live? Yeah. Yeah? Oh, man. I got to catch that. We yeah. did that at our very first show at Greer. Did we? That was in the repertoire back then. Yeah. Where was it? Where was your first show? Uh, well, our first show with Greg was at Union Pool. Okay. Yeah. Remember? Because we played that yeah. show and then we and then and followed then, us. Oh, yeah. Then we had the second one at Berlin that didn't really happen. Horribly mismanaged. Kind of weird. I, Miles, I saw you at Union Pool. 2009 or something like that it was a very fun oh, year i graduated from high school <laughs> uh, yeah i've seen you i've seen you we met, i thought is that when did we because I, I feel like there's a point later where we interacted yeah so um becca i'm a poet first and foremost i've published a few books i love music i'm a music geek obviously i can't play for shit but um, I think music tells a story. And so I'll make these poems that are just playlists. And I sent you one. Okay. But we met at, I think, at Glasslands. Okay. But I saw you play a bunch of places. Mercury, Highline. It's um, weird because what I was thinking is, I had, we just mentioned this venue, Berlin. And for some reason, all of the dark New York music venues blur together a little bit. So I'm able to transpose interactions that happen in one space to another space just seamlessly just a there's no walls in my memory just yeah memoir just <laughs> changing the location of events because i'm like god i feel like i remember talking to ryan down there but yeah we crossed past a few times yeah and i i love your guys's music so that's why we're like we just pick our favorite bands that's why you're here and speaking of places what's the best place to hide in brooklyn Hide? Our apartment. Yeah, our apartment for sure. Yeah. All right, outside of your apartment. Why would I hide somewhere outside of my apartment? That's an insane question, Ryan. It's <laughs> literally the bunker. Well, it started at, the question started as best bar to hide at. Hmm. I have found this increasingly hard to answer. Possibly it's me as I age, but I don't know. It's like, I used to have a favorite bar, mm -hmm. which I hated, but I also knew exactly what to expect. So it's my favorite bar. And like, just increasingly, I feel just. Well, it's also like. Bars are of a flat quality to me. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And I would just rather drink 
home. Yeah, listen, if the pandemic taught us anything, it's that partying at home it's is a viable, it's a viable the best possible yes. scenario. Yeah, it's a weird, obviously a weird time for that question because we haven't been to a bar in, yeah. you know, a year. And I couldn't agree with you. At home. We've been... Yeah. <laughs> I agree that you that's there's no wrong or right, but that's the right answer. <laughs> um, where do you hope to be and what do you hope to be doing in 2027? Let me think about this for a second. Take your time. Looks like we made it. <laughs> See, you want to you want to jump in right now, don't you? So badly. <laughs> um well, Wasting we have a couple, yeah, so there's a couple of alternate scenarios here that, okay. where we could be. We definitely want to be, you know, making records forever and just doing that because it's the best thing. But in one scenario, seven years from now, we have zero kids, but like 30 dogs. And we're running a dog ranch slash rescue yeah i was thinking closer to like 200 dogs but we would also be yeah we'd be doing adoptions but mainly yeah. rescue from you know but you came to me in shelters. earnest in so earnestly one day <laughs> like sweetie like what if instead of having kids we just had like four dogs like and we could just have a wonderful this one was not set of kids this was just me asking you no you're right very it earnestly it's kind of like the so how many kids do you yeah, have? Like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, it's like, honey, I just, I think I realized something. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the way I was raised, but I, I really want to have four dogs. Yeah. <laughs> how would you, how would you feel about that? And you at know? first I was I'd like, love, I'd love to have a big family. And at first I was like, four's too many. Four's too many. We can have four dogs. And then I thought about it a little bit. And I thought about some of the recent experiences we've had in which there were four dogs there. Like when we were at your aunt's house and yes. four dogs of varying sizes and I sort of thought about it and I reflected and I was like oh man you know like I think we could really make this work <laughs> two little one mid-size and one larger dog I think is how many dogs dog. do you have now none none <laughs> well that's not true we have we have half a dog yeah we co-parent we co-parent Becca's parents uh golden doodle she, okay we feel very much like she is Again, like like we said, we lived up there for most of last year, and she was a young dog. Like now, she's two. So when we first started living there, she was like a year and very poorly trained, and had not really been trained. She still has some work to do, but we put in a lot of time with her, miles through a lot of training. You know, walking with her every day. She also definitely became like a little bit of a therapy dog. I feel like, at least for me, during pandemic times, where I like bonded really heavily with her. So, so what's the plan? Are you going to start soon? Are you going to start trying? Oh, you know, we get enough of that from our parents, Ryan. <laughs> you know, Are you going to start trying to have dogs? Not soon? making this any easier. As long as they're healthy. Yeah. That's all you can ask for. And even uh, if they're not, we'll, we'll love them, you know? We'll love them you all. you have the names time. picked out? Mm -hmm. It's actually funny because one of the we only names we definitely have picked out is Oslo deleting if we had yeah, a girl yeah. child. If we have a girl child. Then. It's Charlie. Yeah, but we also think it's a good name for a dog. Great name for a dog. So whichever comes first. Charlie. Charlie. Okay. 
so when are you getting a dog? It's tough, man. We don't want to be one of those couples that gets a dog. Well, here's the thing. Now we're going, we're then, going up in, in a few weeks to go to Vermont for a month to house and dog sit. Yeah. Yes, with the dog. We have a part-time dog. Part-time dog. And I have no job, but a part-time dog I do have. You guys are like, uh, have the best of, you guys are like aunt and uncle to a dog. Yeah. So when the dog's misbehaving, you just give that dog back. Not true. You think that. I am the only one who effectively disciplines the dog, is my belief. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we've tapped into a lot of uh, things here today. Do you have any enemies? Many enemies. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Not many living, but um, all right. But many enemies. I've had many enemies. Becca, do you have any enemies? Definitely, you have many enemies. <laughs> it could be anyone. It could be like the like the lady at yeah. Uh, I would, I would say yes. I would say that I don't have any um, like active smoldering. Oh no, that's not true. That's not true. I do about? have some. Smoldering. We want names. Also, I primarily think of a person also an enemy as a person who has a profoundly like animostic relationship with you, who you also don't like. Yeah, yeah. And you've got plenty of that. No, no, that's what I'm saying. I was going to say I have, (laughs) I was going to say I have, I don't have that many that are active, like boiling, like hatreds, but then I realized I don't think that's true. Is it mutual? Like Miles was saying, like, enemies take two parts you um know? yeah i mean well, it doesn't thinking, necessarily I'm just, I'm have to be that way here. but i would say in my case yeah. yes yeah i'm not i'm not 100 sure on that i'm just trying to define enemy because you have a lot of people who you just don't like but, yeah, but they're not necessarily sure my enemies. enemies yeah because yeah because like there's you know I'll, I'll tell a person that i don't like them especially like if they're in an immediate friend group and we'll have to interact i just rather establish boundaries but <laughs> There's a lot, there's a lot of people in the world. I channel a lot of energy into the friendships I do have. So I also feel, makes yeah. me feel willing to. But you're much more comfortable with that than I am. You're much more comfortable with just not liking somebody and being like. Telling them that I don't yeah, like Yeah. And then also if they, I, you're just less. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm less comfortable. You're, you're less conflict averse than me. I'm yeah. more conflict. Yeah, I'm more honest and more authentic. Mm-hmm. So if if you're in mixed company and there's just one person there that you that rubs you the wrong way, you'll just tell them. Do you do it before you uh, leave, or you're just like, I'm not just gonna like <coughs> shout across the table. <laughs> it's more like if something's going on, someone keeps on saying things that I find you know idiotic. If at some point later we're brought into closer communication and they start jawing at me as if I might agree with them, I'll be like, we, you know, we're not. There's a, we don't have a thing. But he does it in a really weird, tactful way where you almost can't tell. Is it tactful? I think it is tactful. I think that just it's it's, it's... no because you'll sort of be like, yeah. But then they'll sort of like there will be situations where that could happen, and someone's like, <laughs> "Yeah, man," you're like, "No, no I, I, really, I really don't." I really like very it. much do not like and you. People think, think you're joking. Maybe? Pretty much everything you've said and done this evening has been inane, uh, yeah, aggravating. I, I do or, think that it's tactful. Yeah, I want to do that so bad. 
I want to go back in time and do it. There's very little social penalty I found for being honest. People often don't know what to do with it because so much of our socialization teaches us not to be honest, but I feel that people have very little recourse against the truth, you know? I mean, what else? I mean, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. All right. No, no, I insist you must like me. I, I feel like that's everybody a good, likes me. You know. Um, last last question. Um, can you score, can drug couples score my movie one day? Sure. Great. That's on record to everyone, <laughs> everyone here. Um, there's no one here. Um I, I'm writing, I have a novel coming out and the idea is to make it into a movie and I'm not even blowing smoke up your ass. Uh, in my head, I, I like listen to your music and I'm like, this fits the, the story, so. Sweet. Great, you can use as much of it as you want. Yeah, who knows, maybe we could even write something for it. If you- and then we'll get it on Netflix and we'll all make a ton of money. Yeah. Great. If you let and us then you get the score, we we'll take us one step closer to our ambition of just becoming your Latenga. Yes. <laughs> and owning 2,800 dogs. Yeah. That's a little excessive, I don't know. you think? I like a cool I'm picking up what you're putting down, brother. Cool 200. I like that you want to own, you know, when you're a kid and your parents are like, your dog dies and like, it went to live on a field. You want to have a field. So here's partially part of what it is, is I have a long running thing with my mom, my first dog which was supposedly a crossbreed between a tiny circus dog and like a German shepherd. Chelsea, as I named her, was out of her mind and climbed through doors. Also probably very poorly trained. My, like, my parents were pretty young and I don't think they had any idea what they were doing with training a dog. But we moved from Pasadena in California up to Eugene, Oregon. And after like six months, Chelsea went to go with a night, live with a nice old couple at the beach and seems like such a transparent lie. To this day, my mother will not relent nor acknowledge. I'm trying to remember if I grilled my stepdad about it. Mm. Uh, my sister's dad and that he, maybe not happened, I don't know. Again, my memory, it's just a memoir up there. It's can't so that be- affected you. So you guys want to actually have that lovely place for dogs to live now. Yeah, and I want to think of it as dog ownership, you know? I we're love it. We're partnering with the dogs. Farm. I don't believe that we truly own dogs. They own us. It's it's a symbiotic relationship, you know? They're friends. You're friends with dogs. Friends with dogs. This week on Friends with Dogs. Friends with dogs. That'd be a <laughs> That's a great idea. That's your copyright call. (laughs) Deal. You dare start a friends with dog podcast, Ryan. That was my idea. (laughs) But you have to talk really low. This week on Friends with Dogs. Oh, that's nice. That'll be like an ASMR dog podcast, which yeah. All right, guys. This is where you give your plugs. Everyone, I'm gonna do it first. Everyone listen to Drug Couple. They're fucking fantastic band. Follow them on Instagram. Just just drug couple. Just do it. There you go. Your turn. I think you pretty much covered it. Yeah. We're finishing up our first LP right now. Hopefully it'll be out in the next six months. Six months. We're mixing it right now. 
And I would like to plug uh, just a book I'm reading, The Overstory. Oh, great book. Which is really good. The Overstory? Yeah. Oh, I got to write it down. For real, this is great. This is a lot of fun. I wish you all the best on your second wedding. I hope you get some In-N-Out burgers and puppies. Yes. Yes, thank you. All our dreams come true. And that's it. There we go. like we made it look how far we've come our baby might have took the long way we knew we'd get there someday they said